0: This is episode 14 with Jacqueline Purdle, author of the best-selling book 365 Days of Happiness and her latest book, Parenting Through the Eyes of Lollipops.
1: Whatever love you gave to your kids, that expanded, powerful love, you turn it onto yourself and use it for yourself and nourish yourself with this. And from there, you just turn into this powerful, powerful, powerful being as you.
0: Hey moms, are you tired of being tired or maybe yelling at your kids or maybe you need to know how to get your strength back postpartum or learn to manage your stress trying to do it all or just to become a more confident mom? If so, then welcome to Citrus Love, keeping motherhood inspired. I'm Christiane Bégin, a mother of two, sharing inspiring conversations with wonderful people on how we can be mentally and physically stronger moms. And also including freshly squeezed ideas, a little bit of fun so you can learn how to find balance and also how to raise strong, caring, confident kids in today's world. So if you're ready, let's get started. Welcome, welcome to another episode. Thank you for listening in today with my guest Jacqueline. And she's fun, she's lively, she's energetic. She has this unique way of explaining how parenthood is. What's the meaning of parenthood? And I'm telling you, I've never heard it described this way. It's inspiring, it's empowering. There's a part I was like, whoo! Completely blew my mind. It was so good. Really good. I loved her book. So who is Jacqueline Purdle? Her website is freakyhealer.com. She's a holistic practitioner, a healing art teacher. She's focused on mindful happiness, best-selling author of the book 365 days of happiness and now today we're going to be talking about her latest book parenting through the eyes of lollipops that came out last year she's helped thousands of clients and parents and their kids shift into a high for life frequency a unique experience that calls clients into living their highest potential in their now She's an international cer- certified Reiki master, been featured on numerous radio shows, TV shows, in online publication, BuzzFeed, NBC News Better, Woman Inspired TV. She will explain how to be and live your highest, most truthful potential as parent. This episode is really uplifting. So if you want to feel good, if you want to feel like, yes, yes, yes. Well, this episode is definitely the one. Traveled all over the world and is now in hosting workshops and online programs, membership programs to help parents and other adults in living to their highest self. So it's a profound parent life wisdom that can be utilized immediately. So you too can experience a spectacular time, okay? with your children, as parents, with your teenagers, with your adult grown kids, and even once they've left the home, what do you do? You're alone with your partner. Oh my gosh, you have to continue living your life. So we talk about everything, about the love cycle of parenthood. Fun, it's fresh, it's inspiring, it's uplifting. This is the episode to listen to. We just had Valentine's Day. It's the month of love this one you will feel the love so let's listen in to our conversation today we have on the podcast a very special guest Jacqueline Purdle, her newest book parenting through the eyes of lollipop which we will be discussing here today so welcome Jacqueline on citrus love podcast thank you for being here Thank you so much for having me. I really, I was
1: so excited to speak with you today and excited to create excellent value for your listeners. So thank you so much.
0: Yes when i found you on instagram and you had posted a few excerpts from the book and your perspective was really why i picked up this book i thought it gives an entire new meaning to our roles as parents to what society really pushes us towards so the parent-child dynamic was really interesting in this book let's talk a bit about you you were born and raised in switzerland and eventually you move to the United States. You describe yourself as a happiness ambassador. Where does all that source of happiness come from? Like, were you always this happy child growing up?
1: I want to say yes, but no, I mean, I would say that I always had a knack for just being drawn to wanting to feel good. You know, it's like I just, from little on, it was just really important. When I grew up, you know, like everyone, I, you know, we all have our you know, backpacks of little, little or big traumas, you know, that we carry through childhood and whatnot that we came into our lives with. And so don't, you know, don't think or as a listener or for you that I've always, I never had to endure anything. That's really important to me for people Mm -hmm. to know. However, I never speak about it because I'm where I'm coming from is I always speak about well, I always speak with gratitude about what's now, and but I really speak about with enthusiasm and happiness in in about what's next and how I want it to be and whatnot. I just move forward, and so have I always been. This happy. Um, well, as a child there were certain traumas. Like I grew up in Europe and I'm a redhead, you know, little girl. And back then, in that time where I was little and young, it was still kind of like the belief of, you know, of witchcraft and all that. So there was a lot of like Uh, Trauma in uh, bullying and all that, and being alone and whatnot, a lot of times. However, I look back and it's like, what did I do back then? And it actually became the biggest power I possess now, which is just to be this sparkly, happy lady. And it's a deep happiness, you know, it's not this superficial happiness, it's just inside of me, I'm just great. And no matter the circumstances, and that came certainly from. You know, my upbringing in Switzerland back in time, in lots of European countries, it was just not so free, right? You were very, very, you know, controlled and rule-based and on top of that, bullied and whatnot when I look back what I did when I was a little kid, I just wanted to feel good. And -hmm. so what I did is I drew inside of me. And it's almost like I created this wonderful bubble for me inside of me. And I just was there a lot. And if you think about it, that bubble, you know, back then, I didn't realize what this was. But what this really is, is it's me, it's who I am, soulfully, spiritually, my essence of who I really am, and that's for anyone out there, who you really are is not your physical body. It's not what's happening in your physical life. It's who you really are. Is this energetic essence inside of you that gives you inner guidance, inner knowing, that little voice inside. And that really represents also you feeling good because you're not here to in physical life uh, to suffer. I'm sure we talk a little bit more about this throughout mm-hmm. our interview. So I drew inside of me where I just feel so good, which is ultimately my soul essence. Some call it soul, some call it inner being, some call it uh, this discard like essence, you know, that you can connect with the higher powers. It doesn't really matter how you name it. It's what does really everyone in this physical life want to do feel better always
0: feel Mm -hmm. better you you Mm -hmm. get
1: yourself this to feel better you get yourself that to feel better you change this to feel better it's always that and feeling better is really who you really are which in my eyes not today I know that feeling better, if I want to be happier, that means I want to be closer to who I really am. Kind of like a little bit the backstory. And today, this is just my biggest power ever because everything flows through that. And it got certainly created through my upbringing and through my experiences in life. And um, so was I always that happy? It's it's more like it was a lighter, more childlike happiness. I just loved feeling Mm. good. However, I couldn't get it from the outside.
0: So you were able to recognize this deep level of being as a young child.
1: Yeah, it's more like, you know, it's like later on, of course, when I mm-hmm. look back, it was just kind of, I kind of automatically did it. But if you think about it, you look at, I would say, all the children out there. All of them, they play. They're so, when they're little, they play. They're like kind of concentrated on feeling good. They laugh. They like, Mm -hmm. and when you think about it, was I special in that? No, I don't think so. I just think I realize it now as special because I'm like, wow, I did it back then. It's kind of like a proof when you look at the children. If we just leave them alone when they're little, they're really always wanting to feel good and feel better when they cry they want to feel better when they always about that so they got that knack and then through life of course you know you go to school things have to happen there are lots of rules and whatnot and in my eyes a lot of you know overstepping on a soul level right too much being in the business of the children and that then kind of shifts everything mm. and then I feel like later in life a lot of people find that then again wait a minute right I mm-hmm. I'm I think, no, I I know that every child, especially when they're young and fresh and new, that is really who they are.
0: Mm, that's good you also focus a lot on the person's energy when you meet someone someone comes to see you for help for support or even when you meet someone socially do you feel their energy I know some people can Mm -hmm. feel it I'm just curious I've had one person in my life a man I've never met at a kid's birthday party and he comes up to me and he says wow I feel this I see this glow around you and I was like whoa I've never heard someone say it that way for you like this high frequency living and this energy do you feel this when you meet someone yeah, I'm I'm all about the energy.
1: I sense everything and I see everything. It's in visions, it's in senses and I also like it that's my work. I'm a holistic practitioner, mm-hmm. a, you know, mindful happiness teacher, a an energy healer and I've also done the Reiki master and all that. For me it's mm-hmm. all energy and it's always been like that. And it's it's very interesting because yeah, I I don't even need to meet Uh, my clients you know it's a lot of long distance um, work and whatnot because the thing is is this we're all energy that's all there is everything is the same energy you me the computer we're talking through it's all energy and um, it's always constantly vibrating you know the energy and how it manifests in physical life it's just it's vibrating in a in a different uh, speed really and you can even look that up on a science level it's proven by now that that. how it is and every energy vibrates in a certain frequency some are high some are lower you know like happy is high and angry is a little bit lower and the thing is every energy that's vibrating in the carries information you take a cucumber it's all energy, it's vibrating. What's the information of a cucumber? It's juicy, for some it's earthy, right? And it's this green, it's peaceful. When you look at it, when you taste it, when you smell it, there is a certain information, a feeling that kind of the cucumber then shares or initiates in you. And it's the same way, but in a different outcome for chocolate. And that's nothing different for people. And that's why also the book is very, very powerful. Because when you think about that everything is energy. So the book and me is the same energy. So you're reading my book, which is charged with my energy, my words that flew through me kind of like just went onto paper. And you just hold that book. That means you're just getting shared and spread everything that I was in when I wrote that. So I always make clear and sure that I'm very pure in my, my energy that I'm not like you know blocked in anything that it's flowing and that when I ride or work with people that I'm if there is nothing of me really in there it's a very clear field that I'm working with we're all connected as energetic beings and we're all a physical body all the manifestation to be able to experience this physical life then we are a mind which is energetically we're a soul being or spirit in inside of you that's that you know you can't really feel it touch it you can hear it and sense it you can feel Mm -hmm. it that's energetic and then there's this this consciousness that we are all connected in that's that quantum field information travels it doesn't matter where people are
0: Mm-hmm. Let's talk a bit about your family just because you wrote something on your website, you said your phenomenal family. So I'm curious because yes. you have two adult children. Why did you describe it as being a phenomenal family? because you have a different way of viewing family and parenting. When I think about my
1: kids, my husband, my cats, phenomenal to me is that every single entity of our family, every single component, that everyone is actually living exactly the life that they want to live, not for anybody else, but for themselves. And I tell you, the magic that's created by that is amazing because, you know, it's, it's like... When when a person or a, a kid or an adult is really let or a cat is really left to be who they are, they expand because they really live the life that they came here to live for. It's not for me, it's for them. And that is the phenomenalness in it because. The energy that is actually then created by them being who they really are, no matter if I like it or not. It's not my business. You know, I'm here to support and it's a co-creation. And that's the phenomenal in it because they live their lives the way they want to do it, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like no restrictions And we're all in this together and we're supporting each other. We're loving each other like unconditionally. And that's why I say phenomenal family, because that's what to me, what Mm. phenomenal is.
0: So let's talk about your book, your newest book, Parenting Through the Eyes of lollipops. So for the listeners, there's a lot of chapters, but they're short, they're easy to read, and it's less than 200 pages. So it's fun to read through. Even if you have five minutes or 10 minutes, you can go uh, through a few of them, a few of the chapters. What do you hope that readers uh, will get from reading your books?
1: Mostly it's what I'd like Uh, for parents to know is that um to to really let go of how it has to be you know this whole parenthood thing how you have to be this whole parenting thing and to kind of let go of the pressure and then that creates resistance and all that responsibility that sits on so many parents like on the shoulders because uh, it takes away from you being able to feel deeply inside of you what actually feels right and good to you, uh, the parent that you want to be, the parent that you came here to be, the parent that you said yes to when your children came into this life, because it's unique and there are no rules. It's more to do it less with the mind, but more with the feeling. And to not be so hard on yourself. And to you just know that the biggest accomplishment and gift is that you are actually here being that parent and that's it. That's, that's where it actually already stops because you've already done amazing. You're here for your children being the parent point. That's it. And to really breathe that in and that makes you magnificent. And mm-hmm. and then the rest, the rest sure read my book and all that. But I think that's like that, basic basic knowledge for parents you just take take a breath feel into it who you
0: want to be as a parent and that you're enough always in your book you start by saying that being a mom a parent is the most truth-finding job there is (laughs) how is this different from someone that doesn't have kids how can you discover yourself being a parent
1: It's the most truthful or truth-finding relationship co-creation. And that's because you're very very close with your kids you know when you have kids there's this incredible uh, love and vulnerability and strength I mean you it's such strong feelings that you can't get from the bus driver you know it's like it's just different you're very close together you know so and truth finding is because that also means that it can really get you angrier than anything else get you more frustrated than anything else get you more hurt than anything else because Mm -hmm. You're just such an open book, you know, and it's and you're also close together all the time and so and the truth finding part in it is really that it is never the child so when you're angry at your child it's never the child the child does not make you angry the child simply mirrors you that anger that it's actually ready in you to surface and to look at because energetically it's sitting somewhere in your physical body in an organ how cool is that you get to you know feel it get really nice angry and then you get to unblock it and release it and when you then realize That it's not that they made you angry, it's something, a feeling inside of you. Then you take it, you love it, you deal with it, and you soothe it, and you you look at the feeling and not at the child that Mm -hmm. made you angry. You look at your feeling and then you constantly get to shift. Oh, wait a minute, I'm angry because of that. Because honestly, this actually doesn't even fit for me either. Let's do it your way, child. And that's kind of like this this truth finding. So when something, a feeling arises in you that's mirrored to you by your children, take that feeling and find the truth of that for you. Nothing to do with the child. I'm angry let the children go look at yourself what's the truth in there for me because you're the one feeling it and when you do that it's like you find yourself you shift closer and closer to yourself and life just opens up for you you know it's it's and that's that truth that you find and for somebody that does not have a child we can go to the pets right it's like when Mm -hmm. the pet is like biting you Well, okay, that may not be the nicest thing, most precious thing ever. However, what's the feeling that you just got out of it? Because that feeling, the animal did not give you that feeling. And go to the truth of that for somebody that does not have kids, does not have a a Mm -hmm. Maybe they have a partner in life, right? A, a love partner. If not, then you go to the bus drive in the grocery store, a uh, worker or the guy that just caught you off in a car and look at your feelings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just very strong, very truthful when you look at your children. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very intense. Yeah. everything.
0: <laughs> yeah. What I found in this book is like you just mentioned that usually we think okay parents when a child says things acts a certain way we turn to the child what is happening with the child what's wrong what's wrong with the kid yes (laughs) but in (laughs) your book you turn it on the parent like uh, the child is basically saying let me be me and if you have a problem with this it's something inside of you that you have to to look at. You kind of turn it back on the parents in a way. It brings a lot of self-reflection on the Mm -hmm. parents. Turns it in a gift. Yeah.
1: You're saying it really nicely. I turn it back to the parent. However, I want all your listeners to know it's like I turn it back to the parent as receiving so you can receive the gift in it. It's not turning back to the parent that it's your fault. There is no fault. There is no right or wrong. It, to me, it never is until we say it's right or wrong or until, until we say it's your fault. It's more turning it back to you as the parent. To receive that amazing, incredible gift that just arrived for you on your doorstep. And then with gratitude to the child, because they just mirrored you something wonderful in you, then focus the shift, the focus inside of you and go. There are all recordings from how you grew up. We all have them, you know, and we react towards the child because of that well that's maybe where your trauma was maybe we were hurt there maybe a word just was not right for you or something it doesn't really matter the what or the who or the how just then to feel that and say all right you know what actually that does not fit for me either anymore and when you do that it's like almost like an unlocking it's like the red carpet rolls out in front of you as a parent constantly
0: mm-hmm yeah, one of the things you mentioned in the book about brings light to some old beliefs we have that we might carry from our own childhood into our way of parenting at the child. You did talk about it and how the child can help us heal those old feelings. Um,
1: yes, yeah. Yeah. You say a beautiful heel. It's it's every feeling that you have, and that's for the child, every feeling that the child has, but it's also for the parent. Every feeling that you as a parent has means it's there for you it's your feeling it's there for you to feel heal experience whatever go dance with it whatever you want to do with it but it's yours right mm-hmm. and then yeah these old recordings and it's just like how you know it's like a computer it's just program right you grew you come into this world and uh, there are all these rules and everything and you're programmed by you know by when you were little the postman said something the aunt and uncle said something the the grandparents said something the mom and dad said something And it's even like scientists say that, like for the first six years of life as a child, you basically just kind of like a sponge. You take everything Mm -hmm. in. You don't really Mm -hmm. make up your own mind. And then, you know, after six, you're starting making up your own mind. And then some, does you just realize it doesn't fit. And then, you know, trouble can start with the parents if, you know, if that's what happens. So, but the old record is take it like this. A very easy example is this. We all pretty much grew up with the thing that first you eat dinner and then you eat dessert. It's a very simple example. Mm -hmm. First you eat dinner, then, you know, you you eat dessert. However, it's an old rule. Whoever Mm -hmm. made up that rule anyway. And so your child says, I want dessert first. Mm -hmm. Now you think, well, no, wait a minute, you know, no, no, no. First dinner, that's healthy, whatnot. And then you get dessert. And when you take that, when you take that in consideration, that's an old, old rule. Whoever made that up anyway. And it's just one example how your child then can kind of, you know, mirror you that this is an old belief. Have you ever really thought for yourself and sat there and said, okay, let me think this through for me now, not old rules. Does this still fit? I can guarantee you that many, many parents say, heck, you know get out with that rule whatever we're not gonna we're gonna do fun right we're gonna do fun whatever for once in a while we're just gonna eat dessert Mm. first and it brings so much joy in it now if you then sit there and you say actually this rule still works for me Mm -hmm. then that's you come from your decision making fresh and new right now I decided this is still fitting and then you talk with your children from that energy from that understanding there is no old resentments there right yeah when my parents back in time told me that too that kind of made me angry too and what you don't have that anymore and to just kind of go through some old stuff still works but sit down and then make a decision right now fresh and new I decide that this still works for me and then shift and move towards your children to talk with them about it from there I can guarantee you it's a much much more peaceful Uh, outcome versus you say that's how it's always been (laughs) you feel that I mean it's like even that that's just how it's always been or I just know better these sayings they come with so much old and heaviness and kind of hurtfulness with it and you just kind of want to you know share that because Mm -hmm. and who knows maybe you say you know heck with it whatever we'll just make healthier desserts and we'll eat them first right and then we'll have dinner and maybe that's just once a week you want to do this and have some fun with it like just don't take this so serious and when you have a feeling to really go truthfully in it where does it come from and then reorganize right like re- Remodel your inside of your house, kind of like remodel, redecorate, and make it a little bit more fun and fitting for you, too, so you can laugh more and have a little bit of more playful time with your kids.
0: Mm, that's good. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's a good example. So basically you're saying because especially young kids and I mean any kids, uh, they question their parents all the time. So <laughs> this, this yes. is a good time to reflect on why am I actually doing it this way? Is it aligned with my current values and my current interests as opposed to am I doing it just because this is always what I've known to be the way yeah. to do it?
1: Yeah. I mean, mm. kind of like look at So, okay. Your child makes you angry. We're just going to say it that way. It's not true. But when your child, you know, you have an argument with your child, you say, oh, the child makes me angry to say, actually, that's not true. I am angry. It's my feeling and let go of the child. You know, Mm. go take (laughs) it, take a time out, go in another room, sit and say, all right, I'm feeling really angry. And that's my feeling to do, to go into the truth. What's the truth of it? Why am I really angry? Mm -hmm. And then kind of unravel that. And then also, of course, look at the situation. What was the fight about? Was it about dinner, bedtime, brushing teeth, whatnot? And then when you know what it was about, which that should be quick to figure out, then to say, okay, fight was about this rule that I'm keeping, why am I keeping it? Is it still fitting for me? Mm-hmm. Is it still fitting for my family? Because children change. Am I kind of like in an antique kind of time and making up these old, you know, these old um really antique rules and I keeping up when the world moved on? Mm-hmm. There's, there's this thing too, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shall I modernize? Does it still fit for me? Does it still fit for my family? And then kind of like make up your mind there and then go talk to your children because you're going to have a different outcome. Because mm. I mean, it, it is happening in our family still to today. We have still one at home uh, for a little bit more while. But even now, you know, it's like when I think I'm doing something well guess what maybe tomorrow that just doesn't work for us anymore because our kids are speedsters they grow up and we're usually a little bit slower (laughs) to catch up to to kind of you know, take this tempo that they have when something doesn't fit for them anymore to really look at it. Like, am I just not catching up here? Because, hey, you might catch up to something that sets you free too. Bedtime, dinner time, what to eat, dessert first, dinner first. You know, it's like you might even start enjoying this freedom as a parent too with following with your children. Just be more open-minded about that and see where you're coming from. Yes.
0: Mm -hmm. For the listeners, it's like when I was reading it, it felt like I was reading a toddler's diary if they could yeah. write, this is the book they would write to the parents. <laughs> and basically, it's the child that writes and then you see the, the parents thoughts. So it was really interesting in that way. But you said that this book has been in you for a while, you just felt you had to write it since this book is really taken from a child's perspective. Where did you get the story this message from? Was it from being a parent and observing your own kids when they were younger or in your, in your profession or as a child yourself?
1: Well, I mean, the bottom line is, is that I am here in this physical life, you know, and I yeah was born and then lived and then have my own family and now the kid's a little older. So there's a lot of experience, of course, coming in from that. However, the thing is, is that all of my work that I do and um, it's really flowing through me from just deep inside of me and being connected with that quantum field because the information is all out there. You know, like A baker bakes extremely amazing bread, the best bread in the whole country. They exist. Well, do they do that because they experience it, you know, when they were kids baking with their mom? Or is it experienced through life? Or is it just they just get in the flow and then it just goes through them? That's kind of their their passion, their purpose or whatever they're meant to do in physical life same with a musician you know same with a with an artist same with a an amazing doctor open heart surgery you know, a, a doctor or whatnot they just kind of get in that flow and that's what they're meant to do and that's with my work because I'm all energy based and my first book 365 days of happiness um, came out uh, in 2018 and it was the same it's just it's based on my energetic work daily being happy and it's just Changed people's lives. And it just like it immediately was just a real hit and it became a bestseller. And this book was in me for a while that I just wanted to write a book, kind of like from it's almost like from the child to the parent. You know, like, Mm -hmm. please, parent, have a seat in the sofa, snuggle up and read or listen to me. And so it made kind of like, you know, for a while I go walk a lot in nature and that's where everything just flows and the ideas and inspirations and. So for me, it was kind of then coming that in order to write a book that's a voice from the children, you gotta, you know, you gotta grab the parent, you know, so, all right, we gotta meet in the middle here a little bit. And there's just these snippets of these children speaking exactly and sure I've heard that from my kids too sure I've probably said that to my parents too and I hear it in a grocery store or not however it's like energetically charged it, it just flows through me and I'm already writing on my next book and it's just I know I'm called to write this I know it's put, it, being put together in my head I sit down and then within a month I just write it and it's done and that's kind of how I do my work but that's because I'm just deeply deeply connected to the core of who I am just like a great great musician just like a great artist just like you know or or just like being a just a super happy stay-at-home mom right Mm -hmm. it's like did she learn it from her mom did she learn it through experiences it's because she's really deeply connected in her middle and really really amplified and aligned with what is right for her right now i was a homestay mom for a long time and we homeschooled the kids for a while too and traveled the world and so I was happy. I was aligned, right? When you feel so good, you open up these possibilities of inspirations, go bake an amazing cake. You will make a really good cake. It doesn't matter on which level you do it. And that's kind of how I write. It's sometimes I even go back. I'm like, wow, I wrote that because it flows through me. It just Mm. goes. Mm. And then... Also mm-hmm. by um, this book, Parenting Through the Ice of Lollipops. I live by that. And even now, I, you know, I wrote the book and then I go back into my book and whatnot. I'm like, you know what? I just had a discussion with one of my kids. And you know what? I got to do this. I got to do this and take it. So I live by it. However, I always have new ways of going back and saying, wait a minute. I didn't do that. And that's why it would, that was the outcome. Wait a minute. So it's a constant going and learning.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to repeat a quote you said in the book, which I thought was beautiful. It says, when you choose, when you wish for, or when you desire to have a child, you are not and never are giving yourself or anything up. And then I'll skip a few lines. And then you continue through consciously focusing on being excited. You're becoming more, that yes. you're expanding and that you will be a better you because of being a parent. I really, really love this because as parents were told you have to give yourself up, you have <laughs> to give a yes. lot of things up, you have to sacrifice, like that's one word we threw around related to parents. And I really enjoyed this because you're telling, hey, okay, you're a parent, but you don't have to give yourself up just because you have kids. So can you talk about this more?
1: Yes, absolutely. And it's really interesting because I've heard that before too. You sacrifice so much. I'm like, no, it's like it's the other way around. It's like this enrichment. The way I see it is as me being a mom, I'm just so... Deeply, deeply bowing to my children and so grateful that I am that they made me a mom that I got to experience because without them, I wouldn't be a mom. So let's face it, you know, so it's just like so I become more just by stepping back and saying you know what i just am so grateful for the opportunity and the gift that you actually chose me to actually be your mom and experience that and when you shift it that way suddenly there is never a sacrifice it's all enrichment right i i become Mm -hmm. more i become better and um the way i see it is that on a physical life level so when you think about that you you have a physical life and you have a spiritual kind of part in you know that who you really are and as that through physical life you experience physical life so in physical life sometimes it can be you know so you cannot buy that sweater for you because you gotta buy shoes for the child Mm -hmm. could it could seem like a sacrifice but if you think about it that's Only on a physical life level and some and you can shift that, you know, instead of thinking and I've had that before, too, you know, everyone has that. So instead of thinking about I cannot buy that sweater for me. To shift and think like, I'm so happy that I get to buy my child these new shoes and then latch on to the joy when they put on their new shoes, when they run with their new shoes and they blink lights all over and they have a smile and they feel like the best kid ever and the most strongest, powerful superhero ever on the playground. Latch on to that and forget about that. I could not buy this for me, for instance. And that's just Mm -hmm. an example to latch on to the child when it's a little hard and it feels like a sacrifice. I tell you what. Every single feeling, every single situation, every single uh, happening in life has two ends. You know, one mm-hmm. is a little bit the heavier and the other one is the lighter and the happier. Latch onto the happier. Why would you kind of suffer and sacrifice, you know, your happiness kind of like and stick in the not feeling so good when you went in that sweater situation? Doesn't feel so good that I couldn't buy myself that new sweater. And I really wanted that too. So latch on the other. It will feel better immediately and it's simple to do, you know, don't take things so seriously, just latch on to the other. So and that's kind of like on a physical life level. Now, in a spiritual life level, uh, you become more because you constantly shift closer to who you really are. We talked about this a little Mm -hmm. bit before with finding your truth. Oh, you know, I'm angry. I'm going to release that. That was for my mom passing time, you know, with gratitude, bless her heart. It's all good. Love, love, love. And then go, you know, maybe there's another feeling in there, right? Maybe you stood once when you were little in the dark and it rained really hard and you felt like you left alone and nobody helps you. You're scared or not oh, I react because of that situation. Oh, but guess what? I was always protected. There was always, I'm always taken care of and talk yourself and feel yourself into betterment that way. And so spiritually, it's, absolutely sacrifice the word sacrifice doesn't even exist there because life problem issue hardship you shift closer to who you really are which is joy that pure essence of you so spiritually it doesn't even exist it really sacrifice only the word the feeling only exists on a physical life level and they are just latch on to something better
0: i love this this is like amazing i love this (laughs) Yeah, and that's a good reminder for parents because I haven't heard this way of thinking, I think, ever from someone. (laughs) It feels good. It feels good to hear it. And it's like you said, it's easy. You can either look at the good side or go towards the darkness. Another thing in the book, you talk about filling the right job in that moment. Talk about when the parent is the physical teacher and the child is the spiritual teacher and the reverse. This is a big part of your book. And I think a lot of parents and mothers can benefit from understanding that it's not always the parent's job to teach that our child is also our teachers. How does this work? Give us some examples
1: absolutely i mean this is a big subject in the book like you say so it also carries a little bit with practice in it and feeling yourself into it and whatnot so but on a kind of like on a short type of level of explanation you're here in this physical life right that has a spiritual component to it the spiritual component to me is actually the biggest component and you're kind of like as the spiritual being or energetic being you live this physical life so it's the bigger part of you however so let's look at life it has a physical life aspect paying bills crossing the street driving a car that kind of physical cleaning the house you know and then it has this spiritual uh component of it you becoming more getting closer to yourself and then making it more fitting for you and expanding as who you really are, you know, and that's the same for you and for your children. It's really there's no difference. So that's the situation of living this life as a whole being. But then you have uh, the jobs that are in life, and there's a teacher. And in the old ways, uh, it's like the parent is the teacher, the child is the student. Period. That's it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's why so many times it doesn't function. It's like it, and then all these problems comes up. So. Parents can be the teacher and children can be the teachers. And then whoever is not the teacher is the student. And that brings you kind of like on the same level. Now, you can never be both the teacher and the student. You got to choose something, you know. And the thing is, is the two subjects is physical life uh, teachings and spiritual life teaching and studying. So either as a parent, you are the teacher in physical life, which makes your child the student in physical life. Or you're the teacher in spiritual life, which makes your child the student in spiritual life. And since children really, really kind of constant change. I mean, sometimes I feel like I go to bed and the next day my kids are different. <laughs> it's like, you know, they're, they're much faster because they're evolving so fast. And we're also living in a faster type of world. So you got to kind of keep up. One good thing to see is like if you have a problem with your child, something's not working, you're in the wrong job. That's very simple. Mm. You're the one, you, the parent, always shifts. You have the capability of shifting. It's not the child that needs to shift. And once you go in the right job again, things flow again. So examples, it's a little bit hard to just come up with examples because every family is different. Every child, every parent is different. But like when you come to a situation for... What is it with us right now? My kids are a little older, for instance. So I'm trying to think of a great example. Like, yeah, there we go. For instance, uh, our kids are, you know, in a, a teenager, young adult, and whatnot. So their bodies are like, I just heard that over over Christmas break. My daughter was home, my son was home, my, my husband, were, and it's like, hey, we're in our prime years, you know? And it's true. It's like, so they're in their prime years. They want to be joyous, you know? And their bodies just function, they're just like this. Really, really, function fast. Everything is overdrive and whatnot. So one option would be to see my child, my children now as my physical. Teachers, because if I latch on to their high prime bodies right now I exercise more I learn from them new techniques because the way I exercise is antique and old so if I kind of go with them then physically I can take I can be the student and really latch on to that and learn from them right and then for instance as spiritually for the ages that my kids are I then turn into the spiritual teacher but not by telling them hey you got to do this hey you got to look at this hey meditate hey do this hey do that pray in the morning do this whatever (laughs) i think it's more like in their ages it's more like i do this spiritual um, connectedness is so strong and kind of demonstrated to them so openly and so real, but then also behave that way that I'm connected, secure, I'm happy, I'm really, really in a good state for myself spiritually and whatnot. So they can then latch on to that if they're ready. So that's, for instance, one of those uh, one of those examples or when children are smaller, for instance, I mean, you can go back to the example of, for instance, of a dessert after dinner or the other way around. So your child yells at you and says, I want dessert now. And you're like, no, 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 we're going to do healthy now. So dinner, dinner, dinner. So to really like, what is your child trying to teach you? What What is that? Right. Maybe just maybe your child is actually the spiritual teacher, probably actually in this situation. And you're the spiritual student to learn that maybe just maybe you could use a little bit more fun and turn things upside down. Because sometimes walk in a different way or moving the furniture or just eating in a different order can bring such a party like joy to the house. Maybe just maybe you're depleted in your own joy and your your child is actually on a spiritual level saying, hey, let's shake things up. Right. Then on a physical life level, you will be the teacher because you're, you can then show the kid and say, okay, tell you what, we're going to make the dessert first. However, let's make a healthy dessert. Healthy means this and that. And so on a physical life level, then you can explain to the child where you're coming from. And then the child can actually learn physical life stuff and turn into the student. So these are just two different si- situations. In the book, there's a bunch of them. And it's also like year by year, it changes. And to just really realize that there's two jobs and there's two subjects. You know, which job are you supposed to take? Are you in the right or the wrong one? Is it working or not? And which subject? What's happening in this situation? You kind of just and you 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 become a pro in this once you kind of practice this a little bit.
0: And this is kind of related to you talk in the book about having three important pillars. This relates to the first pillar of doing the harmonious dance, yes. filling the right job at the right time for your for your child. Let me ask you this: so, how do we know if we're acting or speaking from a pure soul level as parents, as mothers?
1: Yeah. I tell you what, it doesn't really matter if it's speaking or doing or tasting or smelling something or thinking about something or even visualizing something. If it feels good for you, if it feels good in your heart, it just kind of lights you up a little. It can be a tiny little lit up lit up light or a big one. You know, I'm not saying you always have to be over the moon happy and only then it's the right way. No, if it just feels good, if you if you gotta cry right now and the crying feels good, go for it. And it's that's your middle. That's what you wanted. That cleansing with tears. If being angry feels good right now, don't let it down on the children. But go out there, be angry, have a walk, go running or. I don't know like kick some dirt or something if it feels good because the thing is is this to me it never everything has to change never it's all about you tapping into what feels right for you right Mm. now so every feeling is okay it doesn't matter but let's say you're angry, so it feels good. So you're going to go kick the third or do something, or clean your house, really speak clean, you know, something like that. And then there comes suddenly a moment where it doesn't feel good anymore. And to grab that moment, to really focus On when that moment happens, and then shift to something else. So you're angry, it feels great, it feels great, it feels like I say, not towards anybody, but just you know, you deal with it privately and it feels good, it feels good. It's this energetic warrior feeling that comes up in you that we all have, and then realize how strong you actually are because of that anger, and then it doesn't feel good anymore, then oh. It doesn't feel good anymore. I'm going to go hug a tree now and just shift, you know, (laughs) and that's, that's kind of like to stay in there. And honestly, how do you know, it really comes from deep within you to, you know, when you really care how you feel, when you focus and make it a priority, how you feel as a mom, not how your children feel, how you feel as a parent, how you feel inside and to constantly shift to a little bit better. If it doesn't feel so right, not, Thinking, oh, I don't feel so good, and then get guilty or beat yourself up over it. No, oh, I don't feel so good. That's a great opportunity and exercise for me to shift to something better. And I get better and better at that. And when you are in that middle and you talk with your children, you deal with the world, yet everything will shift because you are energy, you share the energy and spread it. And we're always connected. So whoever is around you and is ready, someone not always ready to pick up on that, but most of the time people are ready. You can change everything that way, but it starts within you for you to really just say, I am my most important priority in how I feel.
0: Mm. And kids are good this way, too, because they think of themselves first. And we often say, oh, they're selfish. They're, They're just thinking about themselves, but they're listening to their feelings and what they want in that moment. And they're expressing it. And I think that's why, I mean, they can be a spiritual teacher to us in that way, because they're reminding us that, okay, how are you feeling? What do you want?
1: Absolutely. And see, that's that's an old recording, right? Don't be so selfish. They're always about themselves and whatnot. And I say, absolutely. Hey, latch on to that. Parents become selfish too. Take good care, excellent care of yourselves. Latch on to the kids always being about themselves because that is what it is. It's not, yeah, I want, well, okay, it's selfish, but it's needed because ultimately, The better you take care of yourself, it's like your responsibility, the better energetic essence you spread to disconnectedness, to the whole world. And that's how you bring the best you know into this world that's why you're really here and that's why good things then spread back to you too so it it, to me it starts really inside of you to be really really care about how you feel and Mm. the kids the kids oh they're like masters in that and you want that (laughs) you want to copy that you want to latch on to that and you just want to let them be that way too
0: Mm -hmm. I want to talk about just something specific you said in the book about confidence and teenagers, because I also focus for the podcast how we can raise confident kids. And you mentioned something that I thought was uh, very smart and interesting. So you say that by supporting our teens' dreams, loving them unconditionally, listening more with less questions, and respecting them in our infinite trust—that is the biggest confidence boost we can give our kids.
1: Yes, I agree. I agree. And I see it on my young adults and teenagers all teenage all the time. And honestly, what it really means is that you actually are confident inside of you too. You're trusting inside of you for you too. When you can give that to the teenager, it really strengthens. It's a mirror back to you too, because you can't do it if you don't you really trust in yourself. So Doing that, giving that to the teenager, not only will that really let them be and turn into who they want to be, which that's a successful being because they're not forced to do anything. They're wanting to do it, but it also strengthens and constantly reminds you that to give that to yourself, too. And if you think about it, teenagers, you know, when they they're kind of showing us that they want to do things differently, that in return, then also lets you give yourself what you want to it's like this freedom creating opportunity when instead of saying oh that's a rebellious teenager and he doesn't want to do it my way and you know "Mm -hmm," right no to just say you know what i'm gonna let them do how they want to do it and i trust because they have the same soul wisdom they have they have the same a body and mind a soul and consciousness they're the same, like me as a parent. The only difference is that I was here first, but does that really make me the wiser person? Not always. It's the connection. Like the deeper you connect, that that's actually the wiser person. And not saying that one is wiser than the other, but the wise and wisdom and knowing comes from the connection, not from living life. I mean, physical life, you learn you know, the rules and whatnot through living longer, but the connection is really what I'm talking about. And when you basically give them the freedom to be their connection as strong as possible ever, that means you just set yourself free to and gave yourself permission as well to do that for yourself. And that's something most of us parents didn't really grow up with. And that's what's so beautiful about it. Mm,
0: I love it. Oh my gosh, your book was amazing. (laughs) Well, thank you. As young mothers we always hear enjoy them because they grow grew up so fast but you say that there are ways we can recreate exactly what we miss anytime. How can mothers with older kids do this? Because that's really interesting. Yes, actually I found
1: that for myself really interesting because ultimately what is it really that you miss it's that feeling that you got right when the kids are mm-hmm. little and it's that cozy feeling so what you really miss is um most of it is is really the feeling and the feeling is nothing else than an energy and you can recreate it right as an example you don't have to go to the beach right now if you miss the beach all you got to do is you know close your eyes and recreate that feeling visualize and imagine at the beach Beach and the feet in the sand and a smell or look at the beach picture and immediately that energy that feeling will fill every single cell of your whole being and you can do that with the kids too and what I found is is that when I do that for myself so I miss the kids so I fill myself with the feeling that I really what is it really that I miss and fill myself with the feeling then I will not burden the children because ultimately you don't want your kids be that little anymore I mean maybe you do but in reality it's difficult to want that to be that way because then you're not wanting the kids to grow up and you can already feel just us talking about it what that does that kind of boxes your children in in where they're supposed to expand right and that's a normal mm-hmm. thing you're supposed to expand and to do that is to separate that you're not wanting the children not to grow up <laughs> you will miss out too on a lot of them growing up and enjoy that is but then to just kind of go inside of your feeling you you miss that cozy feeling their hugs or their little tiny cheeks or whatnot and then to really re that feeling rather Than feeling that I don't want my children to grow up and that brings joy and you're in charge then whatever you want you can imagine you have chocolate right now even you don't have chocolate and you can fill yourself with that feeling of eating that chocolate and that's really what you're looking for with the children. I mean, remember the past, you know, the memory of it and what happened and whatnot. And a great way of doing that is that for yourself, of course, you know, or like with your, with your husband, right. And talk about the children back in time. And then that feeling comes up again and you do that. And then what happens is what I see with our older uh, kids when they're then home, one daughter is in college. So when she's home, you know, it's like we meet as these adult people and we talk about the past and these memories and it feels, us all up. So to really focus on rather I miss the feeling of that and then recreate that with going back in time, talking about it, and refeeling it, remembering those situations. And then maybe you had a cozy feeling when, when the kids were little, but it actually kind of is the same type of cozy feeling that you have with your with your new pet that you just you know uh, welcomed into your house. And then you can maybe kind of draw that and focus the feeling on that. Yeah use every Every possibility and every tool that you have to refeel it, but not to hang it on. I don't want my kids to grow up because that's mm-hmm. not really what's happening. It's the feeling that you're missing. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. You help a lot of parents, the ones that come to you for guidance. What's the thing they come to you for the most regarding parenting?
1: It always starts out with a problem in a family or a problem with a child, and then we always solve this in a certain way, but it always starts pointing towards the parent. Let's say you have a child and the child is a teenager or something, and or a young adult does not do so well, has trouble in life with something. However, then there is a shift and the child then uh, feels better. And suddenly, you know, their life blooms and they bloom and everything goes on. However, us as parents, and it happens to all of us, we're then kind of sitting in that way of looking at them as they still have these problems. Because we're, we're they moved on, we haven't. And to really then always kind of shift yourself back to you. Am I looking at my child in, the, in their highest potential? Am I looking at my child or young adult child? way they are now right and to just that's kind of like the biggest thing to always shift everything for you as the parent and see the gift and receive the gift in it and usually that does the trick then to just kind of solve and this and dissolve the situation but not because you want it to go away you want it to be better you want your child to change it's more that it's allowed to change because you changed your perspective, You um change. You you got closer to who you really are, and then spread that. So it's mm. wonderful.
0: Mm-hmm. Basically, changing with the times, with the age, uh, moving together, growing together. So it uh, reduces the tensions between both because you're accepting them as they are Absolutely. in the present and not how they used to be
1: or yes. how we think they should be, be- mm. com- coming from our old recordings again right <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like a lot of like but they should actually times changed and it's an it's an invitation for growth for all of us you know and I mean and like I said some clients they come as a, a, a the problem is focused kind of like when they come on the children some the problem is fo- focused on the partner or the family and then we move and shift through and then usually it changes into a learning process for the one that actually contacted me. Sometimes I work on the children, however, and I just help the parent kind of shift the way they look and they live with the child or feel about the child. And it just then it comes together. So everyone is a little different.
0: Mm hmm. So let's talk about the third pillar, um, about the love cycle of parenthood. There's something you said, and I was like, wow, that was a big (laughs) one for me. So you say that our kids don't owe us the grand love we give to them as parents. So instead, we should turn that love towards ourselves once we leave. Often you hear, uh, you know, the kids have left for college or they've moved out of the house. And then your parent feels sort of an emptiness, like something's missing. Uh, But you say that raising kids, they help you love yourself even more. That at the end, you should take that love that grew all those years and turn it to yourself and love yourself even more. I thought this was beautiful. I've never heard of it this way. So talk about this a little bit more
1: yeah absolutely I mean this is kind of like one of my favorite pillars because it's just like I said yeah what you say it's a beautiful it's just so moving because ultimately you know so all right so you have your child you know you give birth or adopt a child it doesn't really matter you are freshly newly a parent so this grand love explodes in you you know something that you haven't never even felt before you didn't even know that you could feel so strong and powerful and loving and and, and everything for um, somebody or something, it's, it's just this really amazing uh, explosion of love, and that means you're expanding in you, right, so it's like initiation kind, and then it grows, you know, over the years, it grows, it grows, it grows, it grows, it grows, and um, in different ways, and that's, there is no right or wrong, it just grows, and you expand as that, and then the children are older and suddenly they you know they don't care about you that much anymore mm-hmm. or they just don't give you that um that love anymore like even some people would even say that respect that love that you know that, mm-hmm. that attention and then you feel like well wait a minute you know they're like not nice anymore they're mean or rude or they change so much or whatever and what it really is is it's just it's almost like you went to school this whole time of being a parent from beginning to kind of when they don't want to give you that anymore you went to school to expand that love in you and every day you practice so hard, hard and that when they don't want to give that to you anymore, it's Then you're done. You're done studying. You have that grand love. That expansion is you. Nobody will ever take that away from you. And this is your new love expansion you. And they then turn away because you are absolutely done with your studying and capable. And when they turn kind of like a little bit away to do their own thing, that is that point where you then are invited to turn that love shifted away from them that doesn't mean you don't love them anymore it just means that grand love is too much for them and they don't want to nourish and teach you anymore you turn it then on to yourself Whatever love you gave to your kids, that expanded powerful love, you turn it on to yourself and use it for yourself and nourish yourself with this. And from there, I mean, you can even imagine and you probably feel it with me. You just turn into this powerful, powerful, powerful being as you and from there you serve the world from there you help your children from there you speak with your kids but it's not out of neediness i gotta have more i gotta learn more and they're like go away you know it's like so and then also you don't feel like somebody just ripped the carpet underneath from your feet and you also don't feel like your kids are not nice anymore to you it just means that they say hey you're done for your college is over you're not a student anymore Real life is happening. Use what you just learned for you and now see what you like to do in life. And that's really that love cycle, you know.
0: Wow, that is amazing. I love, love, love this. I think this is one of the most important parts I've read in the book. It's so beautiful. It gives you the, the potential that you, you can still live your life and be happy and do accomplish more things, even though they've left doesn't mean like you're done you know absolutely and the thing is it it also makes so
1: much sense it's like mm-hmm. you know you it's like you grow you grow you grow you grow and then it's like well what are you growing for it's like you know and your children clearly they they it's it's this love intention And and it's it's subconscious for them. It's not like they say, okay, I'm a teenager now. I'm gonna teach you that you can use your love for you now. They don't like it's this natural way. They slowly but surely turn away from you, and it's this loving intention, subconsciously from them to say it's time, and that's that natural flow of parenting. And when you step into that and you say, wow, I mean, I'm looking at myself. I'm this expanded love. practice all these years thank you so much child for actually you know initiating that for me and in me and it's something that was already in you but it got initiated and grown and they 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 tested it and they you know they they punched it a couple times and you just kind of you know uh, uplifted yourself again in this love and got stronger strong and then to really point that at you and through that and step in that next phase and then you meet your Young adult or teenager or whoever you're talking about, you meet them on the same level, on the same frequency where you guys can then match again. Versus you're on still on the learning needy frequency, and person, the young person already moved on. They moved on with a partner, maybe, maybe with their own children, whatever it is, and they formed already their new love expansion, right? And you're still sitting there, but but <laughs> wait a minute, right? But if you move yourself up to then you meet in this real good fitting frequency again, and everything just kind of works then.
0: Mm -hmm. Let's talk about family energy. You say that each member of the family brings a dominant energy ranging from either water, earth, fire, or air to the family dynamic. Why is it important to find, find out each individual's dominant energy? Right. I mean, the importance is if you
1: if you'd like to know more about it. Right. It's like it's one of those chapters in the book. It's like the the little snippets at the end where this was just came in really handy and personally in our family life and in my work and whatnot. And it's like, you know, when you have uh, parents and children all together in the same house as a co-creation, you know, that can be sometimes slower side, you know, and somebody's more intense and aggressive side or somebody. So there's everybody has their energetic uh, personality essence they're kind of running on and that can change uh, through life and whatnot. You can then help instead of thinking, Ooh, that one kid that we have is so slow. You know, it's kind of slow in everything, slow in eating, slow in getting ready, slow in, you know, picking up on stuff and whatnot. And the other one is so aggressive. That's kind of like can become an imbalance. But if you then look as a whole in the families, what is that slow? What does that really mean energetically? That means it's a more like a water energy, you know, flowing and slow kind of like, and it's a more deep kind of, so what does that energy or that person do for the family? It reminds every single person in the family to slow down and to go a little deeper you know on a physical life level it's like wow we're never on time because of that child but on an energetic level it's the fact that the impact this person brings energetically to the family it balances everything out when life gets really busy to kind of just remind yourself and let that slow energetic being be because it's a big important part and not make them faster for instance or when you think about somebody that's a little faster, a little bit more aggressive, and it's got to be now, it got to be now and have an idea. And sometimes you can't keep up instead of saying, wow, it's never enough for this kid, or it's always something or whatnot, to realize that that energy is just this momentum energy. And that's in the universal force, you know, with law of attraction and all that and the momentum. Like a lot of times these kids, they have this, deep intuition that something got to happen right now there's a reason for it maybe you got to pick up a muffin at the corner bakery right now and if you go do that then maybe you meet an old friend that you haven't seen in 30 years or or you know something like that and th- the universe has its fun ways of kind of constantly when you listen to these informations to shift you for what you really need and when you have a kid like that instead of making them slower or more relaxed or it doesn't always have to be all now and all that and to kind of let them be and go into this as much as you can yeah you cannot always go and get that muffin but many times you actually can and who knows something really fun could maybe happen and that's what I'm talking about the different energies it's like On a physical life level, you would say that, you know, the the slow kid, you want him to be faster, The, the aggressive fast kid, you want him to be slow. But I'm talking energetically, because when you look at it energetically, everyone has their essence that's dominant in their life right now. What does this help in the family in our family we had all four energies present you know we have the uh, the the slow and kind of deeper energy and that was just such a great component to um the air energy which is all bubbly all i want to do is have fun right and then you have the more the earthy one and that's more stable like a mountain and then you have the fire gotta be now and a little bit more aggressive and so we have all four energies in our family and that balances itself out because if you know, if I would only say, Well, you guys are all wrong and I'm air and this is how it's gonna go. Well, we're always gonna have party party fun time, but the other components will be missing. And What I want to say is every person has these four energies in their system energetically as an energetic Mm -hmm. whole being. Everybody is everything. However, one is always a dominant one. And then you maybe have a second, you know, strongest and third, fourth, whatever. And it changes through life. When you have a family situation and you have problem with, like I said, a a slow kid, an an aggressive kid, instead of looking at it from the physical life level to go energetically, what's the energy that this child brings to the family and how is that component helping everybody and I find that very a beautiful way of looking at it and it makes everything just like oh wait a minute this is a whole package deal and we're really fitting all good together and then from there
0: it's not a problem anymore. Okay let me ask you something because maybe that Dominant energy is not always appropriate for certain situations, but how do you work without changing the child's um, true essence?
1: Right. I mean, to me, at the energetic level and you say, wait a minute, on a physical level, that's that. On a soul, energetic level, who is this kid really? Right. Then you can say, oh, wait a minute. It's a fire energy. Right. So this child later on in life um, is, is probably going to use this fire for going really high in a business or going doing, you know, what I'm saying like mm-hmm. using that. it's going to aid him. So then you start having this understanding for your child without changing the child it's a fire energy. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, he likes to do this and that when he plays, or oh, maybe it's going to help him later in life or not. Or maybe he's going to be an athlete and has that fire inside of him to just mm-hmm. take it all the way to the top. So to start talking to yourself about your child energetically and start to match up with your child and understand and love them on an energetic soul level because soul to soul nothing is ever wrong you never ever have to change a child nothing is wrong so and when you start kind of grabbing the knowledge and the love and the the connection to your child on an energetic level when you then go into the physical life level you're not coming from the, from the point of something's really wrong with this kid or with my child and really have to change it and what is everybody else saying when mm-hmm. my child Really wild. You come from these deep connections once again, like this aligned you, who you really are. And then you look at your child and it's like. 30% 30% of the hundred that you saw before, like what you thought is wrong. And then with the 30% where you say, okay, physical life level, I, I do want to aid my child a little bit to understand what it means when he's like that in these situations. And then you can either calm it down, you can, or you can, when it's a small child, not go into these situations for a while until they're a little bit more calm because it shifts all the time. Or to just kind of give him a big hug and not care what everybody else is saying and then just say it's all good because most of the situations that we think the child should not behave that way in that situation, a lot of times it's from our old recordings too, Mm -hmm. you know, the Mm -hmm. rules and to just stand straight and tall and supportive of your child and say my child is a fire energy and just watch him go in life and so there's different situations and ways you can do it and most important as a parent is to understand that there is an energetic being under the hood of your physical life showing child and to Mm -hmm. really work with that more than the physical life level and that evens things out then
0: so That dominant energy, would you say it remains dominant throughout our lives? No, it actually changes because the
1: thing thing is, think about it this way. So you come in this world as this soul being, you choose to come, you come through in this world, you're born as this soul being in this physical body. And then um, the first six years, as we said earlier in the talk, it's like, you kind of like a sponge, you take things up, right? So you're kind of like going with the flow, being kind of like guided into a certain dominant energy, right? Depends your history, your experience, your traumas, your upbringing, right? So Mm -hmm. as an example, for me, I used to be more water, you know, like when I was a child, water and just like kind of on the quiet side and a little close, it was flowing, but kind of like, you know, didn't really say much about what I wanted. I just went with the flow and that's kind of water. Now, as a child, it aided me because the way I grew up, which that's fine, it aided me, that was the best that I could do for me, less resistance, less uh, pressure. And I went through life the best way possible that way. And However, then I changed, you know, with growing up and whatnot. And today I am absolutely right now. That will probably change again. But right now I'm clearly an air energy. I'm about, I just want to feel good and I want to have a party. And I, I named my book, you know, Parenting Through the Eyes of a Lollipost because I love it. And I just like to have a really satisfying, good time. Not superficial, inside of me and outside of me. So it changed. Now, Right now, I am an air energy because this is who I really am right now because I choose that. It feels good to me. It changes through life and it's supposed to because your four energies, it would not surprise me Is as a, I never even thought about this, but now I do. It would not surprise me actually if all of these four energies in a whole lifetime when you're born and when you transition that you've lived one with being dominant like shifting but you lived mm. all of them as once dominant wouldn't that mm. that makes so much sense actually
0: that being said if you're in conflict with someone else most likely not e- understanding each other's energies
1: My thinking is the energy thing. You have a family constellation, like let's say two kids do not get along with each other. It's just really hard on you as the parent to go energetically and solve it. They understand it, they feel there it's kind of like almost like energetically you can then say you know what it's all not such a big deal it's all good that's just the way they are and when you then take that understanding and that frequency then you're vibrating with that those thoughts into the physical like level
0: you're coming to the situation in a different mood I would say. I just want to talk about something else uh, quickly Um, boundaries you had a small chapter about boundaries but you said something interesting in it And I know this is something as parents, mothers, we think about uh, very often and where society talks about boundaries and setting boundaries for our kids. You said that embrace those I am at my max moments because they help you to make a huge nest egg of your own fitting boundaries and teach you that you can always go further than you thought you could. And I think this is great because yes, like with kids, they teach you how much strength you have, how much, uh, endurance you have because you know when you say uh, and I remember uh before I I got pregnant and I would see my moms and other parents and you hear oh my gosh how can you get through a day when you've only slept <laughs> like 4 hours and you and I remember thinking when I would have two kids how will I manage because it they won't nap at the same time. You'll be exhausted <laughs> and and life still goes on. And even uh, parents with uh, adult kids, they say, looking back on what I did, all that I did when the kids were young, I, I don't understand how I managed to do all of it. So I thought this was really good to point out. They show you your full potential in a way when you think you can, sometimes you can still go on.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, the thing is, is there's two sides to it. In one hand, when you're on your max and whatnot, you actually can practice setting boundaries. And that's a very important thing. And uh, kids actually naturally like to do that. And then we kind of headbutt with them, you know, but in reality, they kind of show us. And the thing is, is like, you know, a lot of, of us parents uh, the way we grew up that you didn't even get to set boundaries. So this is a great learning experience to say, you know, okay, I'm at my max. That's great because now I can set boundaries, what feels right and what feels not right or what feels good and what does not feel good for me. However, there is the other side of that. Every time you think I'm setting this boundary because that's all I can do. Just know that that's actually already old news because you can do so much more all the time. And that's, that expansion i'm talking about and like you said um looking back uh thinking this, wow how did i do that if you have adult children how in the world did i do that you did that because you were expanding in that huge huge love and there's in my it's nothing more powerful than a, a feeling of love you can move mountains and that's why you were capable of doing what you were doing because you were in that expansion of this extreme love that just grew every split second of your life and then your kids leave the house and you get to turn it towards you and there I would invite everyone to keep expanding every split second and not stop and then but the strength really comes from that expansion
0: yeah, this book I would definitely recommend it any uh, any kind of parent uh, with young kids or older kids because you touch on all of these different levels as as parents on their journey. The nice thing about this book is you see things through a child's perspective, a child's eyes which often we are we always think about ourselves or <laughs> how dare that child say this or do this or be disrespectful. That's, a quick and easy way to to think and see things and like you said it's changing our perspective a mind shift on what do we f- want to focus on seeing the light or darkness so tell us where can our listeners find out more about you what you do if they do want to work work with you get some coaching or sessions what do you offer give us all the details Sure. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So my
1: name is Jacqueline Pertle and you can find me uh, at Freaky Healer. So I have a website, uh, freakyhealer.com and all my social media is at Freaky Healer. And that you can just you know shoot me an email or send me a message, private message with all the social media channels. And uh, in in reality, I do uh, monthly support packages. I do group sessions w- with families or two parents, like um, how to deal with the children or how to get new parents, you know, divorced parents together with kids uh, to meet them or whatnot. It, whatever comes up. And because I solve everything energetically, and there's single sessions too. And my book- Both of my books, Parenting Through the Eyes of Lollipops and 365 Days of Happiness are available on my website or um, on Amazon worldwide and bookstores. You can even go in a bookstore and ask them to order it. And my first book, 365 Days of Happiness also has an app, which is really great uh, for all the phones and a self-study program and I do workshops. So realistically, it's always like
0: uh, put the program or the help I do specifically for you I'll just ask you one last question that I ask everyone that comes on the podcast to link it back to the theme. So we all know that being a mother, a parent is a roller coaster of emotions and experiences. Keeping motherhood inspired, what one thing that you have found kept you inspired and energized throughout your mom journey? What has given you strength and energy being a mom?
1: That's a really good question. (laughs) I'm thinking like it's a thousand things. The the most potent one is that, and that's probably coming just from who I am and what I do for work and all that, is that the best tool for me to get me back on track, right? Because that's kind of, we're losing ourselves and to get me back on track was always to point everything back on me. So Mm. something's not right, point it back at me. And it's not about fault. It's about what does this mean for me and you know, even when some some really fun stuff was happening, what does that mean for me? It's always that I started, always like pointed at me, and that that to me is the was actually the biggest and bestest tool because it constantly put me back on track. And you know what's coming in? What I also was able to do when I pointed to me, I immediately sensed the connection to the hearts, deep hearts of my children, and. It's like when you say that, it's like, sure, I read books and this, that. However, there was always that inner knowing and that guidance, that voice inside of me and saying, point it, take it home, bring it home, bring it home, reconnect with you and then move on. And that really was, that's also where the energy sits. Mm,
0: love it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Citrus Love, keeping motherhood inspired podcast. If you think someone would enjoy to listen to this episode, please share it with them. You can share the link wherever you're listening or go to our website at www.citruslove.com episode and the number where you will find the episode as well as all the information about the guest's or the specific episode the best way to get our podcast ranked is by leaving me a review wherever you're listening two three four five six stars whatever you feel reflect podcast this will not only let me know what needs to be improved as well as what you particularly love make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll get the next episode and thank you so much for listening talk to you next time bye guys